Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. It used to be hard-hitting, but now it's as soft as cotton. Damn. Damn, Dano. Did Dano put me out there like that? What? Hey, everyone. Fantasy Jester Show, and it seems uh, everybody had a little fun at my expense. Changed the intro there. Did Kenny really call me soft the other day? Play that that again. Hi, this is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. It used to be hard-hitting, but now it's as soft as cotton. Kim! Dano! Dano! Oh, my man, I'm going to have to talk with my brother there. How's everybody doing? Who's ready for the Jester Super Bowl special? The soft as cotton. Uh, if once upon a time that man used to say the hard hitting, somehow I'm soft as cotton now. But regardless, it's still the Jester Super Bowl special. How's everybody doing tonight? You ready for this one? Coming to you live from Jesterville, Florida. It is, uh, it, the weather's starting to get a little warmer. I know some of you, I'm not even going to say, I hope it's nice wherever you are. Because for most of you out there, uh, it's cold. God bless. I wish you well. Stay safe. Keep uh, keep warm. We'll bring the warmth of the show, our hearts, our love for sports, and one sport in particular tonight, baby. Tonight, it's about the big game, the Super Bowl, New England Patriots, the heel. The heel of the NFL versus the L.A. Rams and Coach McVay in the face of the NFL. It's going to be a great, great spectacle tomorrow. And tonight, to do it some justice, we're bringing our show tonight 
guest, we're going to have Greg Allman. He is the beat writer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team years. He's been covering the Bucks. We're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to Christy Merritt. Christy Merritt graduated down here in uh, Florida from the University of Florida. She's a proud, proud Gator. And also now just been named for the second time to the ladies' softball team, the U.S. national team. Great young lady. And if you have a, a, a young lady in the house, if you have a young lady in the house, during her interview, it comes up on the first half of the show, have that young girl pull up a chair, listen to her. She gives some great advice. Then once she's off, once she's off, clear the room, clear the room, clear the room. I, I, I've given you the warning because from the WWE and LCCW Wrestling, the one the only Johnny Knockout is with us tonight. We're going to talk a little bit, obviously, about LCCW and what's going on there. We'll get we'll get into a little talk there. Not much. It is about the Super Bowl. We're going to bring in our resident medical expert, Sarah Kelly. As most of you know, Sarah Kelly is a PA-C. She is our medical expert. We bring her in to talk about all injuries throughout the year. And we always have her on the Super Bowl show. Obviously, uh, this year is no different. And we're also, I have a quick injury. It, it, it's a quick hit. It's a non-football injury. It's an uh, NBA injury that just sounds disastrous. So we're going to talk to her. Then the former friend, Kenny Danico, former friend of the show here, Kenny Danico, Mr. Softest Cotton, Oh, I can't wait till the next time the Devils are down here in Florida. Oh, man. Kenny, I'm telling you, it's coming. Uh, I know it's probably listening to the show probably tomorrow. They had a game today. Probably relaxing now. Probably listen to the show tomorrow. And, uh, Kenny, wait till you come down, my brother. Uh, I'll still hip check you. I don't care how many Stanley Cup championships you've gotten. He's gotten three of them. He has hoisted that trophy not once, not twice, three times, folks. He's on. We've got Goose. We don't have JT tonight. JT had other obligations that he had to tend to with family, and uh, he sends his well wishes for the game. In the number two seat tonight, <laughs> the number two seat on the Fantasy Justice Super Bowl special, you know I had to go ahead and bring somebody in that I felt, and if you've been following along on the little gesture tour he's been on, and now getting back, if you listen to the very first show back here on Black Block Talk last week, you know I brought this young man in, and let me tell you, he fits right in, and there's a reason why. The next man is sitting in a number two seat. He's going to bring it to you. He's going to bring it to you hard. He's going to bring it to you soft. He's going to bring it to you cotton. He's going to bring it any way he's got it, but he's going to bring it, and you got to pay attention. It is my honor. It's my pleasure to bring him in right now. Paige Pauly, how are you, man? Good evening. I'm so proud, so humbled, so honored to be on the Fantasy Gesture Show again. Listen, it's between you and I right now, I mean – I feel like I'm Chewbacca. You're Han Solo, man. You have got this thing going. 
and it's Super Bowl weekend. We are all pumped. Moreover, here's what I want to know. How yeah. are you going to let your man doggy, man? Because you went from <laughs> Bruce Lee to Bruce Jenner. How you how you gonna how are you gonna let him hit oh. you with the Charmin? Whoa, 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 whoa! I go. That, wait a minute. All right, listen. I cotton cotton I can deal with. Okay, in my old age, maybe get a little. So all right, I, I can go for. But you're talking this a whole other dimension, brother. Show. You're going. I you're got you're you, taking Eunuch. You're you're going in Eunuchville. <laughs> Why would you I do love that you. to me? Listen, I put you in the number is, two sh- chair, okay, and you attack me right off the bat? That's a great way. You know, let me just, let me ask you something, Paige. Let me ask you something. Have you, uh, on the show, have you ever gone to, you've been on the show before, right? Uh, obviously, man. Listen, I'm I'm honored yeah. and humbled to be on this show. No, no, no. But you've been on the show before, right? Have you ever been yes, through sir. a system check? Have you ever been through a system check? Hold on. Let's but, see. Let me just check. Is the mute button working? A little page. A little page. A little page. Notice, folks, system check works. That's what happens. Let's see if we can get it back. Oh, wow, magically. Hey, who hit the oh, mute button? Oh, my Guys, God. that's not funny. Guys, that's not funny. Listen, Somebody must have hit the button. I don't know, Paige, what happened. As we know, listen, you don't mess around with Uncle Joey. He's, he's bringing it. He's going to drop some coins. He's going to get a jet boat. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's get this first interview. I was able to talk with Greg Allman from he's from the Athletic. You can catch him on the Athletic.com. He's been covering the Tampa Bay Bucks for the last 19 years. And uh, here's his take on the Bucks and a bit more. Enjoy. Next up on the show is a man who has covered. The Tampa Bay sports scene, in particular the NFL and the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Greg Loman. Greg, how are you today, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for making time. Uh, you know, let's get right into it. First of all, we have a new uh, coaching staff in Tampa Bay. Can you tell me what you look forward to uh, uh, having that, you know, at Bruce Arians leading the way and Todd Bowles in charge of the defense, Byron in charge of the offense. What do you look forward to this year at the Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, anytime we get a new coach, you're not really sure what to expect, but it certainly seems like uh, everything we've seen, everything we've heard about Bruce Arians is that he's very colorful, very quotable, uh, high-energy guy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, anytime you have a change, there's, there's an excitement just because there's a change. There's optimism that comes with that. But, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed every interaction I've had with Bruce so far. I think that I think it's a breath of fresh air to get his candid perspective on things. I also like the idea of people have questioned Todd Bowles. I personally think it's been a great addition. You have a guy who's won a Super Bowl as a player. He was in 2014 assistant coach of the year for Arizona, and I think going back to his defensive just defensive role. I think that's going to be a good fit and allows him to do what he does best. Uh, your thoughts on how it's going to affect the Tampa Bay defense? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously some of his best work was with Arians uh, in Arizona in 13 and 14. Uh, yeah. Brought together a really good defense. They're a top 10 defense, uh, which is a far cry from what the Bucks have had in recent years. So it uh, probably didn't work out the way he wanted with the Jets. Uh, but back in a coordinator role uh, under a head coach that he's known for a long time, I mean, those two – uh, go back 35 years. I mean, uh, Todd played for Bruce at Temple 
uh, in the 80s and has worked with him on and off ever since. So I think there's a lot of familiarity and comfort there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much change we, we see on defense uh, just because Bolt has run a 3-4 in the past. So they have to figure out uh, what they can do with the personnel they have and how they can tweak things to find the best scheme that works uh, with the talent they have. But uh, uh, lots of room for improvement on that side of the ball after the season they had last year. Uh, talking about the uh, the coming year and some of the changes that we might see, how do you feel about possibly Tampa going ahead and drafting a quarterback? Or, you know, I mean, you've been very vocal about how things have been at the quarterback position. What do you see lining up uh, for the Tampa Bay team? Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to put a high draft pick into a quarterback. I mean, they're they're firmly committed to Jameis as being the guy for next year. Um, and okay, I don't think good. you do that and put a and put a high draft pick into the position. So it, it's been impressive how much they've committed themselves to Winston for this coming year. Um, he'll he'll be more expensive. He'll cost about twenty one million dollars on that fifth year option, but it's very much mm-hmm. a, a contract year for him and a chance for him to prove himself uh, long term. Uh, I guess they could draft a quarterback in a later round if they want to get a younger backup, um, but I don't think it would be a priority for them. If you are the GM of this team, what is your first-round pick? Who, who, who are you trying to grab first, some young talent? What hole are you trying to fill on this team? Yeah, I mean, first you have to figure out, you know, what they're going to do with their free agents and what they're going to address in free agency, and they'll do that in March here. So, you know, if Donovan Smith mm-hmm. isn't re-signed, they suddenly need a left tackle. If, uh, if Gerald McCoy is cut, they suddenly need a defensive tackle. So the needs can change a lot between now and April. Um, they're in a good position at five. Uh, it's a deep class for defensive linemen at the top of the draft. Um, I think yeah. if they wanted to, in, in theory, they could have teams wanting to trade up for a quarterback uh, and could trade down as they did in 16, as they did in 18. But in terms of which way they go right now, first you've got to figure out what they're going to do with, with their existing personnel. I mentioned earlier about your experience uh, with this team and how close you've been to it. So let me ask you something. As we're going ahead and we're getting closer to the Super Bowl, you know, back in 2008 on John Gruden's staff, he had a young coach named McVay. It's crazy. Uh, What did you see? Uh, Did you have any interaction with him back then? And if so, what did you see that possibly could have led to his success now? Yeah, I wasn't on the team full-time in L.A., so didn't engage with him much at all. Um, certainly know the family. Um, his Uncle Jim runs the Outback Bowl here, so we've known of, of Sean here in Tampa a lot longer than most people have. Uh, we did a big oral history reaching out to a lot of players and coaches that, that knew him on that 08 team. Um, and it was mm-hmm. neat to see, um, you know, as, as a guy who's only 22 years old, literally days removed from college when he gets to the Bucks, uh, it was neat to see what he was able to pick on, you know, obviously – uh, to learn from somebody like Gruden, who himself was a very young, energetic, offensive-minded coach, uh, but also to be in the same room with Richard Mann, um, you know, who's a, a veteran, established receivers coach, as well as a couple of solid veteran receivers and guys like Joey Galloway and Ike Hilliard. Um, I think that was a really good, smart room to be his first NFL experience. Excellent, excellent. Now, as I said, we're, we're going ahead. We're just going to keep moving along on this one as far as now – one of the great parts that I have to the show, and it it started out as something simple, and the, everybody that comes on has a good time with it, but at times it can be difficult. We're going to play the name game with you. I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to give me your first reaction in a word or two to that. University of Florida. 
alma mater. Philadelphia. Hometown. Best cheesesteak. Oh, Michael's. Uh, Michael's. I'm, I'm from suburban Philadelphia. It's a place called Michael's in Delaware, in Delco County. Uh, I would say Michael's okay. first and foremost. Okay. Tony Dungy. Uh, class. Jason Light. Sharp. Funniest Tampa Bay buck in the room right now. <laughs> uh, Cambrai. Funniest Tampa Bay buck ever. Ever. Uh, Alan Cross. Thanks so much for playing. They did well. Uh, you didn't hesitate. Some people get caught up on it. I love it. <laughs> Big game now. This is this is why we're all here. This is what this show is all about today. The big game. How do you see this playing out? Give us a breakdown and, and give us a score. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely the old versus the new, um, both in the coaches and in the quarterbacks. Um, and I'm, you're at that point with the Patriots and with Brady and Belichick where um, you almost root for a win just with the idea that maybe they want to go out on top and it would kind of introduce some new storylines to the NFL if there was an end to the run they had. Um, and I don't know that a win would even do that. Uh, but just to cast, okay. Belichick is one of the oldest coaches in the league against McVay is one of the youngest. Uh, Brady at 41 with, with Jared Goff, as young as he is, um, playing in his first Super Bowl. Uh, my instinct is to think the Patriots will get it done. Um, but I, I think the easy thing for fans to root for is the underdog and the inexperienced team, um, the younger guys that haven't been in this position before. So I think that makes it a, mm-hmm. an easy Super Bowl to uh, to see the storyline, and you just hope it can be a good game the way it's been the last few years. Score? Uh, right now, if I had to pick a score, again, I, I think – just the, the betting man in you has to go with New England, um, and I think it'll be a higher score. Um, so I'll, I'll say like uh, 38-35 New England if I had to pick right now. 38-35 based on right now. Uh, MVP? Yeah, you know, it's a tricky one. I mean, obviously the, the easy answer would be Brady. I'll, I'll go outside the box. I'll say James White is your MVP. Excellent, excellent. And lastly, Greg, where can everybody find you? Tell them every place that they can get you. Yeah, sure. Uh, I write for The Athletic, so theathletic.com is where you can read me there. I'm on Twitter, just at my name, at Greg Allman. That's G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N. Um, you can reach me by email at gallman at theathletic.com. Thanks again for having me on. Great stuff. Great stuff from Greg himself. He covers the Bucks. I mean, he's been there 19 years. And it was interesting. I wanted the, the – it's going to sound funny, Paige, but the biggest thing I wanted out of the name game was his answer for Jason Light. And I thought that was a good one. I really um, – I'm interested to see what the people that work closely with him thought and because uh, I've been wondering, you know, you watch the Tampa Bay Bucks struggle, and you want to know what the people around him think. And one thing about Greg is he shoots straight from the hip. Uh, what did you take away from it? Here's one thing that you and I both know, Jester, about that Tampa Bay, at least on the offensive side. They have plenty of weapons. It's not like they lack for anything of what you would expect to score points within the modern-day NFL system. 
they play in a tough division. You have to score points in that NFC South. You absolutely have to. Every single week, you're going against a Cam. You're going against a Breeze. You're going against a Ryan. These guys score points. Everything is built off that. It's very, very tough. And as you and I both know, if you look at that defense, that, that, that defense side of the ball, they're actually pretty right. good. It's tough. Every single week, in and out, it is tough. Now, the one thing that ties that you and I both know together is within that draft, Team 2016 draft. Right. Marcus, it's, it's Marcus and it's James. And those guys are really those two guys going one and two that have not produced year in, year out. And so it's, it's almost an anomaly. When you look at it, why have these guys not produced when every, every, everybody else has? And for the most part for Jameis, it's between the ears. I'm not sure if it's a yips thing. I'm not sure if it's the pass that clings to him. But he has the ability and you and I have talked about this many times, Jester. Arm talent, everything else that goes along with it, Jameis has it. It's the decision-making. Well, I think for, for this coming year, you, I would add an offensive lineman. Let's get a running game sure. for him. Okay, because they, they just didn't have a running game. That helps no quarterback. I don't care what quarterback is back there. Let's get him a running game, okay? You, you drafted high. Let's get let's get the guys out of the stable. Let's get them running, and then be able to work off a of play action with some very talented people, and like you alluded to earlier on that offense. I go Man, ahead. OJ Howard the back end. OJ Howard is waiting to break out of that t- that tight end position. You can work that guy in and out any way that you want to. You can stretch him down the middle of the field. You, you can. You got him. You you've got Godwin. Yeah. Oh my! It's it's ridiculous. It's there. The talent is there on the offense. Yeah, and you're absolutely no. right. Shore up, shore up a few things on the offensive line and get him a running game. But other than that, if Jameis makes the right decision, Bruce Arians is a QB whisperer. Look what he did with with Ben Roethlisberger. Literally, if you look at what he did with Ben Roethlisberger, that's not that much different than what he has within the same structure of working within the, the frame of a Jameis Winston. They're pretty similar. They really mm-hmm. are. Six three, six three and a half, big body guys, yeah. got a great arm. That's pretty close. Well, I'm going to be interested to see what develops there. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how quickly uh, he picks up whatever offense uh, Leftwich is going to throw in. My big thing is they have to add to that back line of the defense and address the defensive backs. Oh, up next, you, you're you correct. Up next, page. Yeah, up next, page. We've got to keep going. Um, we've got a fabulous – folks, this is what – remember I told you there's going to be a point, go get the young ladies in your life. There's somebody I need you to listen to. Paige, this is that young lady. Um, from the University of Florida, another – Another local product, you might say, and uh, actually grew up not far from Jesterville here and uh, in Central Florida. Fantastic young lady. Get the young girls in. You don't want to miss Christy Merritt coming up right here. And, you know, this is one of the fun times that I get to have. This is why I love my job so much is 
you get to meet some of the young people in the in the games today and some of the special people and one of them right now it's going to be my honor my pleasure to bring in Kirsty Merritt and you know I, I in my research of this young lady it is phenomenal. She's not just a great athlete. She's a great student athlete. You know, people wonder how, you know, how they're doing in their academic part as well. And, you know, I'm looking at her career highlights and honors, and you can go down. I mean, there is a list that that this young girl has done in such a short time. And and I'm not trying to embarrass her, but real quick, I'm going to run down. In 2016, all SEC second team, 2016, SEC academic honor roll, 2015, all East region first team, 2015, all SEC first team, academic honor roll same year. And if that goes on every year, academic honor roll, all, you got all tournament team, there is nothing. And now second time on Team USA, there's nothing that seems to be able to stop this young lady. And now it is my honor to bring her on to the Fantasy Chester show, Kirsty Merritt. Kirsty, how are you doing today, sweetie? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, so you know what? Uh, it's an honor to go ahead. This is one of the things that we talk about is the positive people that are in sports, the the young student athletes that are the future uh, generation's leaders. You know, they, they, you're a role model for a lot of people out there. So for me, it, it's our honor to have you on and bring you to our fans let me get let's get right to it, okay? You're a former Gator. Talk about your time at, at, at being a Florida Gator. What um, was it like? So there's so many, you know, factors going into like which college is best for you. Well, whenever I picked Florida, as soon as I went on my visit, I knew it was the perfect college for me. I knew that those four years, I would get the most out of my academics. I would get the, and that was the number one for me. I would get the most out of my softball. And then it, I wanted to win a national championship, and I did it twice there. So, you know, all of my goals that I set as a young girl, they were mm-hmm. achieved, and it was just the perfect four years that I could ever imagine. Interesting. You know what? We didn't, I, I didn't give you this on the question list, but I've got to follow that up. At what age did you start even dreaming about playing softball? Um, so I started whenever I was about eight years old. That's whenever I started. And then as soon as I turned nine or ten, my mom put me into travel ball because she knew that I was, like, a little bit special with everything that I did. And then it was around 12 or 13 is whenever I started to get real serious. I went to – I actually wanted to go to Texas really bad, Um but then that just didn't, you know, work out. And thank goodness, because then I ended up, you know, they always tell you you end up in those perfect spots and end up going to Florida. So it was about 12, 12 or 13 is whenever I got really serious and knew that I wanted to go and play in college. And then that's about it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, my mom says I'm special, but I think she's talking about something different. Anyway, um, <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, so going from the Gators, how, how did you go and get – how did you, the first tryout for Team USA even happen? How did that come about? Well, it wasn't until last year that I got – so all through college, 
I used to, I like to call myself like the underdog almost as in I work really hard. I might not put up these huge numbers. Like my batting average is never in like the four fifties, like you see these all Americans, but I have, I'm great on defense. So last year they, uh, I just, I got an email or a text message from uh, this, uh, one of the guys that works for USA. He was like, your email's not working. I'm like, that darn thing always isn't working. And then it says like, from Team USA, I'm like, what the world? I was like, what is about to happen? And then a few seconds later, I got the invite, and then the rest is history. I made it on my first time trying out, and then this year I made it, and so I've been really blessed for sure. What, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, we're, it's showing that we're having a little audio issue here. I'll edit that out. And now what I wanted to ask you is, now you've gone ahead now. You're making the team for a second year. What feels different? Yeah. Anything? Uh, I'm more, I know more. Like just going into the first year, I knew nothing about international play. I didn't know any of the pitchers whenever they would do scouting reports they would be talking about the pitchers and the teams and I'll be like I don't even know what teams are playing against so going into the second year it's going to be nice to be able to know the pitchers and I also play over in Japan so I know that's our big competition so I know the pitching manner like when they would say names like Wayno or Fujita I would be like who the heck are these people so going in, it's just going to be nice to have like understanding of the players and the team. Interesting. Interesting. Great stuff. Now, um, uh, obviously you, you've been through this process here. You're a, a, an accomplished athlete. What is your advice for any young girl listening that wants to go ahead and maybe wants to go ahead and play softball for team USA? What's the best advice you can give them? Um, I would say that a lot of times you, again, you set these goals and you want to go and achieve them. Well, to do that, you cannot ever play any blame game. So say, like, I was a shortstop well, in growing up my whole life, and then I went to college, and then he was like, well, if you want to play, you have to play in the outfield. So, And then now I'm an outfielder. So you, you can't ever be like, well, I didn't get that Sorry, at shortstop, so I'm just going to, like, give up or be angry at the coach. You always have to keep moving forward. You always never look – I always say just never look back. Just keep doing stuff to get yourself better. Never compare yourself to other players because you're never really working against them. You're never fighting for a position against other people. It's always within yourself and how much better you can get. So to be able to get to the spot that I'm at and been lucky to get here – um, mm-hmm. I've always focused on myself and never about the other factors outside of myself. And it's really worked for me. That is, that is fantastic. Stay focused, stay focused and you will go ahead and uh, succeed. Like you said, I, I'm a firm believer if you, uh, of the same thing in, and to me, that translates to everything in this world. Whatever your desire is, is that if you stay focused on what you believe and on your abilities and uh, willing to adapt uh, to your needs and 
you'll be successful. So, uh, again, fantastic advice. Now, we're going to change this up now. Let's make it a little bit of fun. We have uh, something that we do here on the show called the name game. So I'm going to say something, and you're going to give me the first couple of words that pop into your head as I say it, okay? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> South Sumter High. Uh, football. University of Florida. Tim Tebow. <laughs> Favorite city that you have visited? Ooh. Breckenridge, Colorado. Breckenridge, nice. Beautiful, beautiful place, too. Um, favorite country? The United States. <laughs> favorite food? Hamburgers or cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, okay. Pickles or no? No pickles. My husband likes pickles, though. He likes pickles, you don't. Okay. Onions? Are we putting onions on there? What are we putting on there? Lettuce, tomato, um, anything? Or, or just straight cheese? Yep, plain game. Gotcha. Uh, and then last one here. If you have to give one thing up, which one would it be? You can never hit a game-hitting home run again or studying psychology. <laughs> Say that again? I can never do one. The studying psychology. You can never do one again. One one thing will never happen again in your life. You'll either a never hit a game winning home run, or you'll never study psychology again. Never study psychology again. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And I ask everybody this, and I want you to keep in mind. I want to be on air next week in your answers, so. Uh, keep it keep it nice. Funny story from the road. Um, so I can think back. It was my freshman year at the University of Florida. And so we always go preseason. Before season starts, we always go to this preseason tournament in California, and we go shopping. And so I'm just like this little freshman that's from Sumter County that's never been to all these big stores that they're talking about, like, Lulu Lemon and Nordstrom, and I just never even knew that these existed. And so I'm going <laughs> shopping, and everything's so expensive. So I am like a money saver. So I go to save some money, and I only buy one thing. So yeah, I buy one thing, and we get on the bus. And they have this thing called show and tell that I didn't know was part of like the U.S. tradition is to show and tell your stuff. So I sit in the back of the bus. So I'm like dreading showing my one thing. And everybody's, like, showing off their sunglasses and all this cool stuff. And then it finally gets to me. I'm like, I didn't buy anything. And then the person that was, the people that were shopping, they're like, yes, she did, yes, she did. She let me go show it. And so I go to show it. And it's my husband right now, but it was my boyfriend at the time. I had bought him some Calvin Klein underwear. So, and that was <laughs> the only thing I bought. And then my coach gave me the biggest crap for the rest of, the whole season because I bought men's underwear and that was my show and tell thing. So that was the <laughs> dorky things that I did during um, my freshman year. I did many things. There's a bunch of stories, but 
My guess, and I'd be interested now, i got to throw this one in here. Do you have a nickname on the team? Um, They call me Little Guy. So Little Guy? <laughs> yeah, like Little Guy, because I was like 120 pounds when I came into Florida, and I had to get extra small everything. I mean, now I'm not 120 pounds. They put on so much muscle whenever you get to college. But okay. they would call me the little guy because everything was so huge on me. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Great stuff. We wish you well. Let's get to the reason why everybody has come on the show today. Your Super Bowl prediction for the big game. I love to go with the underdogs. Well, in my head, they're the underdogs because Tom Brady is the actual GOAT. So I'm gonna go with the Rams. Stay. You're gonna go Rams. Do you have a score for us? Um, I have a feeling it's gonna be. Let's see. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Twenty-four. Twenty-one. We're gonna put you down for twenty-four. Twenty-one Rams. We've got you yeah. down, Percy. You are a sweetheart. You are I was, my first opportunity being able to speak with you, and you are everything that I was told that you would be. It is a pleasure. It's an honor. Keep up the great work. Keep being a great role model for young women out there. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Paige, not just a student athlete, Okay, but an honor student as well. Uh, great role model for young ladies. Uh, what do you think? Stand up. She's, you're absolutely correct. You hit it directly the nail on the head. She is everything that you would expect and everything that you would want. She is, she's a gator, man. What do you want me to say, Jester? <laughs> She's a gator. She, you're, she don't, stands be, for you know, don't hold that gator love back now. Stop it, okay? I, I, you know, folks, yeah, that's right. You laugh, okay, because, you know, you have to understand, okay, how this man talks about the gators everywhere else. And, and don't pull that with me, okay? I, I know you better. Um <laughs> I'm going to let you off the hook here for a minute, okay, because we are running. We, believe it or not, somehow we've lost a minute or two here and running a little bit behind, folks. We're going to keep it rolling. And remember how I told you, bring the kids in, let them listen to the role model, wheel them back out, go put a video in for the kids, go put on Disney Channel, get them entertained, okay, while we bring in, um, well, Paige, you had the opportunity to see him. In action, pretty fearsome guy. Oh, I know, I know who you're talking about, man. Strikes fear in the man in the hearts of man everywhere. There is only one man brave enough I've seen go in, and actually, uh, this is one of the first guys to actually start get, being able to get licks in on Braun Strowman from the WWE. And proudly from LCCW Wrestling, Lake County Championship Wrestling, I bring you the one, the only Rebel JKO Johnny Knock. And we're continuing the show now with probably, you know, many of you know out there, 
that it's not just Jester and the sports and all that. It's also Jester and LCCW, Lake County Championship Wrestling, where I am the CFO and senior advisor over there. And one of the things I'm very proud of, in our show, we have probably the two most feared names in Florida wrestling today. The guy that you just don't want to meet in that ring. It is my pleasure, it's my honor to bring Johnny Knockout to the show. Johnny, how are you doing today, my man? Uh, I could have did without the canned applause, but uh, it's all right. I'm pretty good, man. Actually, I'm fantastic. How about yourself? Uh, I can't complain. I can't complain. Let's get right into this because, you know, you have so many fans out there, and this is our opportunity for I do. those fans. To... You do. You have a ton of fans. You're very popular, as you know. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you know, but some of them want to know some of the inside things like, you know, how old were you, Johnny, when you first started wrestling? I was 23. You were 23 when you first started. Interesting, interesting. And what made you start getting into it? Well, honestly, I uh, loved pro wrestling growing up. I started watching when I was four. And, um, okay. you know, it was always a big positive influence for me growing up. And uh, so when I got out of high school, Obviously, I went right to college for graphic arts and design, and I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't feel fulfilled. Then I tried a little bit of acting uh, because, you know, I love to entertain people, and I just kind of felt like it was a little boring being on the set all the time because I wasn't, wasn't in the movie at the time. You know, we did a lot of back, background stuff and things like that. So I remember being on set for a Spider-Man movie and just being annoyed with all the people there, a lot of arrogant people. And I wanted to beat them up. So I was like, well, where can I do all this at once? And I thought wrestling. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not getting any younger. And I really want to do something extraordinary with my life. So I just decided on wrestling. I thought I had to feel a certain feeling inside. And, uh, you know, I wasn't quite in love with it. So I didn't know Uh what to feel. But I was like, I got to make a choice. And when I did, I I realized that uh, I was very passionate about it. So. You mentioned that you've watched wrestling growing up as a child. Who was your favorite wrestler as you were growing up? Uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret the Hitman Bret Hart, Hart was. He epitomized everything. Yeah. He epitomized everything that was um, pure and good and well, at least his on-screen presence. And uh, doing the right thing. I've always, always uh, been a bit a- big advocate of uh, sincerity and um, authenticity. So Bret Hart really um, kind of compiled good stuff, you know. And then I, obviously when I got older and went through my adolescence years, all that rebellion, I liked Steve Austin and Kane too, not to mention I developed a little bit of a dark side growing up too. So those are my all-time favorites. That's great. Yeah, there's some really good different – and different kinds of wrestlers too, I noticed. Not, not necessarily the same style. That's interesting. You know, yeah. some people out there know, uh, Most, let's be honest, most people out there know, for the few that don't, uh, Johnny was in WWE and has been trained by the... What was, what was WWE training like, Johnny? Well, it's basically, it was fundamentals. I mean, we went over character building and how to connect with an audience. A lot of the mm-hmm, promos mm-hmm. that were done uh, spur of the moment, um, we were, they weren't pre, pre-planned. It was like a pop quiz kind of thing. And you had a topic, and you had to make the your trainers believe 
And uh, I myself have gone through a lot of stuff in life as much, you know, many people do, but um, I love to channel it. And so there was a lot of fundamentals, techniques, takedowns, and, you know, basic psychology of being inside the ring and how to dissect your opponent, how to pick apart a body part. And basically the whole point is to win the match. I see a lot of guys doing a lot of flips, jumps, which is fine if, you know, you want to play to a certain audience. But honestly, in a fight, you just want that thing to end and you want to, you want to be victorious. So, um, so we learned basically the key points and the basic, I would say, meat and potatoes of wrestling. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from there, it was just character building and really how to generate an audience and how to connect. So I feel like, like you had just yeah. mentioned about three different styles of wrestling. I, I like to connect to everybody because I feel like, I feel like I'm a little bit of everything, you know? That's, a, you, that's one of the things that we enjoy uh, being able to. I, I've known you even before LCCW. That's one of the things, Johnny, that I've always appreciated about your work is that you are a complete wrestler. Uh, it's, not, it, it's not just power moves or it's not that you just have one, two, maybe three moves. I continually watch you, and still to this day, every once in a while, you'll break out something I haven't seen, which is probably one of the best parts about watching you. Let me ask you, though, during your WWE time, what was the thing that you liked most about that experience? Uh, professionalism. Just being uh, held accountable for everything you did. I remember the first week in practice, the first thing we heard before we even got into the ring was uh, – you know, WWE is looking for good people. So, right away, I thought that was a shoo-in. <laughs> so, there's a lot more to it than that. But I always feel like I've always done the right thing or at least did my best to do the right thing. Life will kind of put me in positions to kind of fend for yourself in certain ways that you, you know, kind of got to do what you got to do. But, like I said, it's always been a positive reinforcement for me in life. But the uh, thing that stood out the most is this professionalism and how you are held mm-hmm. accountable uh, the first the first week I was um, in practice, I remember uh, a story that they said that one of the guys took it upon himself. It wasn't our class, but prior to us getting there, um, there was a story of a guy taking a water bottle that wasn't his. I mean, there was like a bunch of water bottles or whatever. But because it wasn't his, they, they released him. They were that strict about, you know, doing the right thing and, a lot of guys are on the road constantly, and they want to leave their stuff around. Their bags out and open, you know, and a lot of them have a lot of money, so they have nice watches, nice belongings. They don't want to – they got a lot of problems on the road as it is or, you know, just in life and having to put up with a strict schedule. And the last thing they want to do is worry about having their stuff being rummaged through in the back that they could trust their peers, you know. So I remember that. And I remember, you know, we'd always bring drinks or snacks with us for practice, for energy. So I remember I would have my trail mix with me. I love trail mix. I'm like a little jacked-up squirrel. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I remember leaving it under my chair in practice and then not remembering until I got home. Just so when I tell you a week later, it was in the mm-hmm. same exact spot, untouched. So Beautiful. I was just like, man, this is kind of – these are the people I want to be around, you know? So exactly. I've always felt like Somebody that handles it right. think of swimming. Yeah, I feel like I could drive in, in a that where it's very professional and you're left to sink or swim on your own. I'm a swimmer, man. So. 
That's fantastic. Let me ask you, before we get to the funny portion of this and some of the silly questions I have for you, one last serious one for you. What is your word of advice for young wrestlers out there that want to be JKO, want to make like they want to reach for the stars? What's the, what's your number one piece of advice that you can give them towards success? Well, just the way you worded that question, I wouldn't say be be me or be like me. Um, I would say be you. Bring something genuine to the table. Bring something different. Um, be the hardest worker in the room. Make sure that if you're going to do something, do it 100%. Any slight hesitation inside of that ring could, could cost us, so, and could cost others. I would say always just strive to be your best. And uh, it was my mindset when I first started that I'm going to be successful or I'm going to die trying. And I don't believe in trying. I believe in doing. And, you know, I'm just not a quitter. It's not even an option. It's not in my vernacular. And I would say just do what you feel is right for you. Do right by others. And uh, just work very hard. And you got to develop unlimited patience because – Certain opportunities that I was awarded, I worked hard for, but some of them took years. Like when I got a microphone in the middle of the Barclays Center, the WWE, that was nine years in the making. So a lot of people that you'll see on television, wow. um, it's, funny, it's funny, there's a show that I like. I'm not going to get off topic, but there's a show That's I like okay. called Impractical Jokers, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they refer to themselves as a 19-year overnight success. So if those guys would have, if those guys would have quit at the 15 year mark, oh well, I've been doing it 15 years. Obviously, it's not working out. It's not the right mindset to have. Four years later, they made it, and look at them now. Exactly. So I would say that uh, yeah, just keep working hard and do it because you want to do it, not because you feel like you owed something. Because trust me, in life right. in general, we're not owed anything. It sucks because mm-hmm. you know you'll work hard, but nothing's a guarantee, especially in professional wrestling. Fantastic, fantastic advice. Now for some fun times that I like to have with my guests. I like to play word association. I'm going to ask you for the first word or two that comes to mind when I mention the following. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Favorite finishing move? Mine. New York. Cold. WWE. Mecca. Braun Strowman. Worthy. Vince McMahon. Favorite food. Chicken. Favorite movie. Mmm. It's two words. Go ahead. Is that okay? American yeah, no. Psycho. Is American Psycho? Okay. Yeah, it yeah. can be more than one word, just like a couple of words on it. No worries. Uh, and two more. Oh, Here we okay. go. I've been Fa- favorite, okay. favorite WWE wrestler now? Man, I really would have said Enzo. Um, yeah. And that's probably not a popular answer, but screw them anyway. I don't care. I live for me. Okay. For no one Last else. one. Steve McQueen. Uh, no, no, no. I want to, <laughs> I want to get this. Go ahead. Man, it's so it's tough for me to pick favorites. 
AJ Styles. AJ Styles, yeah. All right, I like that. I like that pick because I also think he's one of the most complete wrestlers there too. Um, but he's a good. He's a really. He's a really good person. And that's that's oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, interesting. All right, and last one, Jester. Buddy. Nice. All right, and my question for you before we get to your Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, I, you know what? It's okay. been something that we've picked up here on the show in the past several months, and every guest seems to like it, so that's why we throw that one in. I'm glad you played along. Okay. Uh, give me Excellent. Hey, one... I want to apologize for the squeaking in the background. I'm on cardio right now. and um, if you You're guys working don't have as it, you're just... doing this. That's how you yeah. do it, though. So, How many hours of cardio are you on so far this week? Uh, let's see. First day, three hours, three minutes. Second day, three hours, five minutes. Now I'm passing an hour and 11 minutes. Not the best with math. I'm good at cardio. Uh, <laughs> I would say that. No worries. Seven hours and 19 minutes so far and counting in three days. In three days. Folks, that's how you have to yeah, work I, to be a star. Well, it was a golf set. Yeah, well, it was a... Um, I want to, up, you know, improve my appearance as well and, you know, just improve my my go time in the ring. So, um, you know, I dedicate myself by uh, – I have a 10-hour-plus cardio week. So – and I have a show on Thursday night, and I want to get it done by Thursday. Screw waiting for the rest of the week, you know. I got shows coming up. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to waste the past 10 hours plus. Wow, that's fantastic. And, folks, that's what we're talking about. This is what it takes, that kind of hard work, that kind of dedication. Johnny, let me ask you now, through all your years of wrestling, give me your funniest story from the wrestling world of what you've had to deal with. Hmm. Probably all the jabrones. Uh, All the jabrones. (laughs) My my funniest story. Uh, Man. Okay, I'm going to tell you something that just pops off at the top of my head because uh, if, I stay, if I stay too long thinking about something, it'll be a long time before I decide on something. Yeah. Okay. It's hard for me to decide. Um, I would say funny to me would be laying down in the back of a Toyota Tacoma uh, truck bed, looking up, looking up at the sky, just finding my way to practice. I would literally have to ride in somebody's trunk because I was making it and I didn't have a vehicle. And I knew that this was the reason I moved here to Florida to tackle wrestling and get trained by the best. Um, to me, that's funny. Cause I, I mean, I was willing to do whatever, even if that meant, you know, laying in somebody's trunk in order to get to where I had to go. You hear a lot of stories of people sleeping in their car or, you know, walking miles to get to where they had to go, and I did whatever it took. Um, I mean, I try to have a lot of fun in the locker room and stuff. Some guys are so touchy-feely, it's hard. It's not like a frat party like I thought it was going to be. Maybe I was a little (laughs) bit past my time for that. You know how a lot of guys say they were before their time? I feel like I would have thrived in, like, the 70s or the 80s. I would have been the only one not doing drugs, but, you know. But I would have been drinking a lot. You're a throwback. Yeah. 
You're a throwback yeah. in many ways. You're a hard worker. You're straight up honest guy. Every time I have dealt with you, you're very professional, right, right from the word go. And that that is probably that's probably one of the best things. So, um, and so let's get know, to why we're all here. Time, so. Pardon me. I know we're strapped for time, or else I would have tried to get some more stories for you. I'm sure not a lot of oh, people no. are laughing at that story, but to me, that's what jumps that's out. Good. I, I found it pretty funny. I, I'm, I'm riding in a trunk to get to practice, but I did whatever I had to do. That is fantastic. I love it. I absolutely okay, I love got, it. No, I, I think one. that is I got funny. One. Go ahead. I got one. Getting, getting, to know, getting to know my uncle Marty Gennetti a little bit better. Um, WrestleMania weekend a couple of years ago where I made him adopt me as Rockers 2.0. And I told him you're gonna adopt me, and uh, he said you're already a rocker. So uh, me and him got a cool little relationship. He's a good dude. What's up, Uncle Mark? He's a good dude. You're listening. Yeah. That's great. That's great stuff. Thanks so much, John. Now listen, uh, let's hear it. We we're here for one thing tonight. It is the Super Bowl. It is time for Johnny Knockout Super Bowl prediction. What do you have for us? Oh boy. Ready? Yes, I'm not sir. really a sports guy. I don't. I don't know who's in the uh, the finals. I'm. I'm thinking the Patriots are one of them, right? Yeah, Patriots and Rams. Okay. And who's who's the coach of the Patriots? Is it Bill Belichick? Yes, it is. Okay. It's so also Venom's answer. team, yeah. though. Remember one thing: it's also oh, Venom's okay. team. Yeah. Oh, nice. That'd be one of my tag partners coming up in uh, February. The 16th at Lake County Championship Wrestling. Battlefield. Ooh. At Battlefield. That's right. That's right. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that. CW management, if they want to put me with so many damn partners, which I'm already done with, but they got me in a five-on-five with hardcore weapons, so hardcore rules. I'm okay with that. But uh, you guys wanted to get me a partner. You should have went with my Uncle Marty. That would have been good. I would have came out with castles and everything. Yeah, Rockers. We'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that one for sure. So we're going. What are you going? You're going to go New England on this one. Well, here's my answer. Set ready. Ask me a question again, yeah. please. Who are you taking in this year's Super Bowl? Seattle. Go again. Se- Next question. Seattle. Seattle. You, you remember that? I didn't. I had no idea what that was, <laughs> but um, somebody, my brother, had told me about it. And uh, he's got this thing he does with my mom that keeps saying Seattle to each other. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? What do you like, sleepless in Seattle, the internet romantic movies? I don't get it. And uh, he goes, no. And he showed me the clip. This guy, Bill Belichick, is so laser-focused that when he was done with his game and they're having a post-match press, uh, post, um, post-game press, uh, press conference, they're asking uh-huh. him, oh, well, do you think your team could have done better? He's like, Seattle. Because Seattle's his next opponent. He's always looking forward. I dig that. I really, really do. Gotcha. And it's something I relate to. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to Fantastic. say Bill Belichick's team. Yep. Uh, okay, so we're going to go New England. And uh, you had mentioned LCCW. We've got Battlefield uh, going on on February 16th, Learning Curve Academy. People can see you there in Eustace, Florida. Uh, you mentioned the show. You've yep. got a show tomorrow night, Thursday night. Where are you going to be Thursday? Tomorrow night, I'm going to be at a place called In the Loop Brewing for Brews and Bruises. Pretty pretty clever name. And um, I'm going to be with a company called 
Fight the World Wrestling for my first ever show with them. I've known about them for years. Um, I remember the owner. I, I beat up his brother, the rock star in New York. But there's no hard feelings there. We've been looking to work with each other for a while. And uh, well, I beat up his brother in the ring. So technically, at least, you know, it's all right. Um, gotcha. Sounds like good and, times. Uh, Sounds yeah, like we'll good times. Oh, yeah, man. And it was. It was great times. And Johnny can go on and on from there. It, it really, you try and get him off the line. And honestly, the conversation just went into a whole new realm. And yeah, we'll play that at another date. Matter of fact, uh, Paige, the uh, the interview was so uh, Johnny. He's working out. You hear the machine in the background, okay? He's working out as he's doing the interview. And then after what he told me, you know, later on in that interview is he was headed out to the gym afterwards. I mean, he spends about five hours a day on his body for what he does. It doesn't shock me. I, I was there last weekend. What everything that we know about wrestling, these guys are not only entertainers, performers, they're athletes. They are everything you could possibly imagine of, as we discuss and as we talk about themselves into dangerous situations second by second. And if you are not limber, if you are not ready to go and your body is not prepared to take impacts, slams, I don't care what anyone says. If you have a 200-pound guy that's jumping four to five to six to seven, possibly even eight to maybe even nine feet up in the air and coming down on you and you tell me that you're not going to feel that, you're a liar. That's a lie. And these guys, they take themselves and their bodies seriously. And I'll tell you this right now, after listening to JKO, you better watch out for Uncle Uncle Marty as well. Uncle Marty's coming for you. Dude, listen, Uncle Marty's got something for you. <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't know. I, 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 listen, JKO is one hey, thing. Uncle Marty, Uncle Marty might be another. Dude, you better watch out for Uncle Marty as well because Uncle Marty's got it. He knows exactly what's up. JKO alluded to everyone, and we'll be talking about it a little later if, if time uh, permits. In February 16th, LCCW is going to have uh, an incredible matchup. We'll be talking about that later on. Uh, And, again, he's involved. I'm involved. It's just it's going to be a mess that night, and we'll be talking about that. Before we go ahead and cut to a break, because we got a couple bills and whatnot, I just want to go ahead and announce, just before we came on air, the NFL made several announcements regarding players Hall of Famers and whatnot. So first, I'd like to go ahead and congratulate the next Hall of Fame class of Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez, Champ Bailey, Ty Law, Kevin Mawai, Pat Bowen, God bless him, and Gil Brandt. Also, I'd like to go ahead and congratulate the following men, Chris Long, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Saquon Barkley, Offensive Player of the Year, Pat Mahomes. Coach of the Year, Matt Nagy. Comeback Player of the Year, Andrew Luck. 
NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, and lastly, Darius Leonard, AT's Defensive Rookie of the Year. We'll be back. We've got Dano coming up. We've got Sarah Kelly. We've got Goose. And then we have mine and Paige's prediction here on the Fantasy Chester Super Bowl special. We'll be right back. Miami Sunglasses. Whether you are starting a small business, hosting a fundraiser, or have had a store for years, Miami Sunglasses is your direct source for quality wholesale sunglasses at the best prices. With over 800 styles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check out their low prices today. That's Miami Sunglasses. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Hi, I'm Jeff Cross, a former Miami Dolphin. I'm a big fan of the Fantasy Gesture, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture. JT, what's your name? JT, and, and Joe Jr. JT and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Why are y'all not here. supporting the Jags right they, they now? They should be here right they here with Miles Jack. They practice right now. <laughs> they missed it. That's right, that's right. That was Miles Jack from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Having a little fun at JT and uh, Joe Jr.'s expense. Uh, JT, again, we mentioned earlier, everyone, he is away. He's with the family and has family obligations. We're wishing him well. As for Joe Jr., he called in with his prediction. That's right. That's right. We got crickets from Joe Jr. But fortunately for me, in the number two chair, we're bringing him back in. Paige Pauly. Paige, how are you, sir? Doing good. How are you this evening, sir? I'm ready, man. Second hour. Let's go. Yeah, the second hour here, Paige, is brought to you by 84 Lumber. And as everybody knows, I've been in construction my whole life and, and do this as uh, my afterlife of construction and spent a good portion of it here in Florida with that supplier. 84 Lumber, uh, how they became a sponsor, Paige, was simply because that was the material that I used to go ahead, get quality materials for a client, but also at a great price. You can go ahead, you can go check the big box stores, but then go check out the prices at 84 Lumber and the quality of the materials. Like I said, I can speak for myself. I have used the product. It is just fantastic. They are great, great sponsors still with us. And as a matter of fact, going ahead and going to be adding to their sponsorship, we're going to be talking about that more in shows to come. Next week, we're going to be bringing Goose and JT for an extended version. We're going to start kicking off our baseball coverage, not just for you regular baseball fans, but also for, obviously, you fantasy baseball players. Paige, good first hour. Can we keep it up that second hour? Listen, I'm pumped, man. You always bring it. You, you've got it ready to go. We're going to keep on going. Let's. Let's let's pop it off. Yeah, let's get it started off. You know, I mentioned earlier before, uh, one of our medical experts is Sarah Kelly. She's been on the show uh, several times. She's been on the previous Super Bowl show, almost got it correct. And I want to go ahead. We're going to kick her off. Then we're going to do Dano. We'll get Goose, uh, his prediction in here. Then the moment we've all been waiting for, Paige's prediction and mine. 
as the Super Bowl show continues. Enjoy. That's right. We're back. And, you know, real quick, I think we're going to be able to. She's calling. We're going to be able to finally get Sarah Kelly's. We've been waiting all show. I don't know if she's in the middle of a surgery. I don't know if she's between surgeries. But we're finally going to get Sarah Kelly, our resident medical expert, on the phone. Let's get her in on the line. That's right. That's right. Everybody's happy to hear. Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jester. How are you? Uh, I'm good as always. I'm good as always. Thank you so much for making time for me. I know you're very busy. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if you're in the middle of a surgery, between surgeries. I appreciate it. Yep, just got out. I'm good to go. Oh, good. Okay, great. Thanks. I appreciate it. Like I said, um, let's get right to it. I've been wanting to talk to you about the Anthony Davis injury. You know, he's getting ready. He's trying to get traded. Uh, A lot of talks are going on. And there's an injury that it sounds, I mean, it sounds like, I don't know, a a body part might fall off. Can you do us a favor? Can you tell us, uh, as our resident medical expert, I'm sure you already have the answer to this, what is a volar plate avulsion? God, that sounds bad. It sounds really bad, and it sounds really fancy. It's a jammed finger. He hyperextended his finger. Yeah. We use nice fancy words for in the medical community just to say jammed finger. The volar plate is actually a band of tissue that is on uh, part of your finger that keeps the finger from hyperextending or bending backwards. So we've all jammed our fingers before. Uh, with a volar plate injury, that's what gets injured when you jam your finger. Now, the avulsion fracture part they talk about is sometimes you can jam your finger so hard that a little fleck of bone comes off with that piece of tissue when it breaks. So a lot of times you don't even know if you've done that because it's just such a common injury. Now, if the finger dislocates, that means there's potential for the volar plate to have torn more than 40 or 50%, which could result in a surgical intervention. But most times all you see is people buddy tape. And and, And with what I've been reading about him, and them saying that he was going to come back within a week, to me that means that the the injury is not going to be as severe as it could have been, and we'll probably mm-hmm. see his fingers taped to taped together to give him stability um, for his uh, game. Okay, so that's what you meant by buddy tape. He's going to tape the finger next to it, the adjoining finger. Yeah. So 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 buddy taping is when you take a good finger that's next to the injured finger, them together, and that finger actually acts as a splint instead of having those weird aluminum splints that you see people have you can tape the finger together and that should help stabilize that finger while he is playing and if they're going to allow him to do that 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 tells me that his injury was not as severe as it could have been okay so in other words there's probably uh, not a big chance of this reoccurring as the season goes on well, I mean, if he jams his finger again, it could injure it further, but usually it's a couple of weeks recovery and he'll be back to normal. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. That's why we want to. Uh, we Sarah, make it sound scary, you. but it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, you hear a, a forward plate avulsion. Wow. This guy's about to lose his fingers. You know, so no. I guess not. <laughs> not in his case, no. Not in his case. Okay, cool. Sounds good. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Um, you know, just getting through the holidays and getting back into the normal swing of things. But how have you been, Jester? How's your buddy Matt Barry? 
funny you should mention, Mr. Barry. Uh, you know, for for those of you new to the show, uh, once upon a time, true story here. All I said to in a tweet to Matthew Barry was that my medical expert better than his. I mean, his is a physical therapist, and I have the one and only Sarah Kelly, PA-C, might I add. And it clearly trumps his medical expert. So, And that's all I tweeted. I mean, it was a simple tweet of my medical expert is better than yours, and I have been banned. And you know what, Sarah, to this date, I'm still banned. Uh, I I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea how he is, and uh, that's okay. He'll be all right. Let's get to why we have you here. The big game, you were so close last year on your prediction. We had to have you back this year for it. What's your prediction for the big game? I really, really, really want to see those Pats lose, and I want to see them get spanked, to be quite honest. I'm tired of it. They probably cheated to get there like they did last year, and I'm just ready to see somebody else dominate. When you say spanked, are you talking about on like out of the realm of football or are you talking about on the field? Oh, no, I just – I talking about <laughs> – I just want to see the Pats get You want beat. to spank? I, I, you, I already know if you want to see them spanked, uh, like somewhere else, or, you know, oh, I thought spanked you said on the field. Spent. I, I thought you said spent, not spanked. No, they need to get spanked on the field, off the field, wherever. Anybody related to the Patriots needs a good, old-fashioned whooping. And that's what I predict on Sunday. The Rams are going to deliver oh. that for me so I can sleep soundly. So you've got the Rams. Do we have a score from you? Oh, now you're going to make me pull it out of thin air. Um, the spanking. The spanking. <laughs> the spanking. <laughs> I would love to see the Pats only maybe get off a field goal. That would be kind of nice. And let's just put the Rams at like 27. 27-3. 27-3. Sarah Kelly calling for the old-fashioned beat down, the spanking, if you will. Sarah, I know you're very busy. I want to thank you so much for your time, as always. You filled us in on another medical issue, and really appreciate that. We'll be talking to you uh, sometime at the beginning of the baseball season because I'm sure one of those softies, I mean, one of those gentlemen will be suffering <laughs> from an injury that we'll want to know about. Thanks so right. much for your time, Sarah. Sounds good. Thank you, Jester. Uh, you have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. She's fantastic. And, Paige, you can make it sound, I mean, a bowler plate evulsion sounded like, I mean, the man was going to lose a limb. He sprayed his finger. <laughs> you know, no, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, obviously, she makes it known who she's, who she's pulling for within the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, the three points kind of kind of says a little hatred there, if you ask me. Uh, I think that's a little drastic, three points, but uh, interesting. Yeah, nice lady, and uh, always great to have on. She she really uh, highly intelligent. Down some of, pardon me. High, highly intelligent. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she's phenomenal at what she does, and that's again. Why should we have her on the show? We love her so much. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I'd be remiss. I have to take time out. And for those of you trying to call in, the board is, uh, I'm not going to be taking calls this show. I normally like to be able to get to a couple, but this show here, 
not going to be able to. I appreciate the board is lit up nicely, Paige. And we'll go ahead and take calls next week as we're talking baseball or and giving the recap of this game here. Uh, but before I do, uh, during the break, I, I have to admit, I, I have a confession, Paige. For those of you who are listening in Lake County, okay, I, I was in the middle of the JKO break. I was enjoying something, and I have to give a shout-out to the great Chicago Fire Brewery and Tap Room uh, because uh, I've gone ahead, and I, I my choice today uh, during the show was one of their Euros, and Mrs. Jester went and got it, and let me tell you, they know how to do a Euro. Uh, I, I, some people call them gyros. I call them Euros. Uh, they do a great pizza. If you're in Lake County, stop in uh, over there. John does a great job. Great Chicago Fire and Brewery tap room, everyone. And uh, I, I had to. The, 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 it was that good, Paige. It was really that good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm right there with you. I love euros, and and I don't pronounce it gyros. I am yeah. my wife and and my beautiful, lovely wife loves the cucumber tzatziki sauce that there is. Now, I am a little more traditional. I can just take mayonnaise or ranch on it, but she okay. is the she is absolutely over the moon. If you have the homemade cucumber tzatziki sauce, dude, she yeah. is all over it. She and she will be happy. She, she's honest. She's honestly a really good judge of okay whether this is really homemade or not, and she's got it on cue. On point, well, no I'll give doubt. you an idea of how good this is. And right now, be, first of all, be happy you're not in studio. Um, the onion breath is kicking. I'll give you a hint. Mrs. Jester normally sits in the room uh, in the studio and, and listens in. She's on the other end of, of the house tonight uh, because it, it, the onions were just, ah, I love onions. So anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the stupidity that we're doing uh, that we're calling, we're trying to call it Jester's Super Bowl special, everyone. Hope you're enjoying. And one of the great pleasures, as always, is being able to have Ken Danico come on the show page. And for those of you who might not know who he is, he is a three-time, not once, not twice, but three-time Stanley Cup champion uh, and a great guy I've known for years. And um, I'm going to tell you, he gave, we were talking and I couldn't use all of what we have. So, obviously, again, I'm going to play another interview that we pre-recorded during the week. It is just a portion. It is literally 16 minutes of gold from Dano. But there's another 30 minutes that is mind-blowingly great stuff, if you're a hockey fan, that I will share with you in the upcoming Chester Show next week. But for right now, Let's get a little bit of hockey talk from him and a bunch of Super Bowl talk from him. Enjoy. Everyone, I'm back, and thank you so much for tuning in for the second half of the show. We're here. We're going to kick it right off with a legend in the NHL. Not once, not twice, but three times this man has hoisted the holy grail of the NHL above his head. Let's welcome in Ken Danico. Ken, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. How are you this morning? Uh, it's a great day. Another great day. Thanks so much again for joining us. I, I know you're very busy and have a schedule, so let's get right to this. 
you know, first, before I talk devils and the rest of the, and predictions and all that good stuff, the first question that we've been tossing around here on the show is about the, one of the leaders in the NHL, one of the team leaders in the NHL. And what is your personal preference? Say you're running, say you're the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning and your team is rolling the way it is, and you're coming up on the trade deadline now in February, do you stay status quo, or would you? are you the type of person that would look for one more piece to add? Oh, boy. That's a good question, tough question. I mean, the way the Lightning are rolling in the season that they've had, uh, it doesn't appear they need a whole lot, and certainly I think with the team they have, constructed that uh, they could win a Stanley Cup or, or, or go deep, and that's obviously their goal. It's Stanley Cup or bust uh, from the standpoint that they've been that good. and They've been that good for the last uh, three or four years, really, but uh, obviously coming close last year, losing a tough one of the Capitals, I, I guess uh, you'd say the year they're having, uh, they have visions of, of finally winning it all, and rightfully so. It's a tough one. Do you tweak it maybe and, and add a depth player possibly? But uh, I think you could go either way, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, they have probably the deepest team in the league as far as depth right now already. And, and you could stay status quo. So if I'm hedging and going back and forth, I, I think either way, sometimes it's just a gut feel of the general manager. Do we need that one piece? I think it wouldn't be anything major. It would be more of a a depth type player, whether it's on defense or up front, uh, a possibility, but uh, the way they're constructed, I don't think really uh, uh, you need a whole lot. You could move forward. You don't mess with the chemistry of the team. Yeah, you don't, but every once in a while, the team will tweak it and and add just one depth guy just in case because of injuries and things that may happen along the way and they may feel they need one little more piece, but um, like I said, for the most part, I I think uh, they would be okay. It would probably be the only team that'd be okay to stay status quo and <laughs> and uh, let the chips fall where they may. And if they continue to play the way they have, well, I yeah. can't see them not having as good a chance as anyone to win it all. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much uh, we've had different various opinions throughout the group here and myself. I'm I'm a status quo. If it's not broke, you don't fix it. Uh, interesting uh, in that. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question because Carlos wanted to be on uh, for this pre-recording so bad, and he had a great, great question. So I told him I'd ask myself. Um, you had the opportunity to play with, in my opinion, the GOAT in net, in Marty Brodeur. He wanted me to ask you, what was the difference because a lot of times you have the player comp uh, between Marty and Patrick Waugh. What, what were the differences? Uh, what did you see as the difference between Marty's game and Patrick's game? In other words, maybe who was better with a glove, who was be- Obviously, Marty was a master with the stick. But what did you see as either similarities or differences between two legends in goal? Oh, well, the the similarities, obviously, are they both rise to the occasion on big games, and that's what great goaltenders do. The focus is at an all-time high when you're as good as those two guys were. And, you know, you can 
compare apples to apples here and everybody's going to say this one's better, that one's better. I'd want that goalie if it was a one-game scenario. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I played in front of Marty for so long and was able to be fortunate enough to win three Stanley Cups uh, along the way. And Marty obviously was a big reason that. Patrick Wall was a big-time goaltender. He won it four times and, and beat us in 2001 with Colorado. And I thought he was certainly the difference uh, in that series. So, I, I think, uh, like I said, the similarities are, are, are their focus, the, being able to make the timely save. It's about a timely save. It's not about every night uh, or, or winning a game where, where you steal a game. You've got to do that every once in a while in the playoffs, I guess, where you get 40-plus shots. But I think both these guys, for the most part, was making the big save in a 1-1 game or or down 2-1 to one to keep your team in it, and I think that any great goaltender, that's the key, is, is making that timely save. Both these guys did that with consistency that they were able to zone in when when needed and, and make that big save where if you don't, you're probably out of, game, out of a game. It changes the complexion of a game. You mentioned, Marty, mm-hmm. as far as no, nobody was better at handling the puck than Martin Brodeur, but... Uh, there's a lot of similarities just from the standpoint of their ability, athleticism, and and just making the big saves, like I said, at the right time. Where do you put uh, Dominic Hasek with that with that group? Uh, well, he's right, he's, in, he's right up there. He's he's up there. Like I said, it's subjective, and everybody has their their own thoughts on who's the greatest of all time. I I think those it's hard to have comparisons. They've all had success. They're all were big-time goaltenders. Dominic Hasek uh, did it a little different style, obviously. He was one of those guys that made unorthodox saves. He flung his body in every direction and uh, <laughs> played a little, like I said, a little different than most most goaltenders. But uh, the bottom line was he, he stopped the puck. He's one of the greats, too. So those three guys, for me, certainly in my era, you, you put them all up there and you can – banter or hash it out who's, who's better or who's the greatest, but uh, they're all pretty great in my opinion. So it, it's tough to maybe pinpoint one guy. And like I said, obviously I'm a little biased because I played in front of Broder and I know he holds all the records and what it may be. So uh, those guys were all great. But like I said, Hashik did it a little differently. He did it more on instinct, I would say, than uh, anything else, more so than any other goaltender where he just seemed to, put his body in, in, in certain situations or positions that somehow he stopped the puck and you sometimes didn't understand how, but uh, it's because he was great and he, was on, and he and his style and his athleticism and quickness. Goaltending coaches might not be exactly teaching the Dominic Hasek style, you say. <laughs> no, even the Marty Broder style. Marty was a little different as well. Uh, certainly his style and goaltending, it's the butterfly style now that every goaltender yeah. Coach seems to be teaching. Uh, I don't claim to be an expert in goaltending, but um, <laughs> uh, to me, it's a, it doesn't matter. You can't. I don't think you can take away from yeah. whatever your assets are, and I think that's the fine line. But young goaltenders coming up, yeah, it's pretty well the butterfly style. They're so big nowadays that uh, they cover so much of the net. They feel if they're positionally sound, that the puck, even if they don't see it, it will hit them every once in a while. Because their size, and if you look at a guy like Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay, I mean, that's pretty well typical of him. He, he's a big guy that, uh, yeah, he's also very athletic, but 
the puck will hit him at times because he's such a positionally sound goaltender. Basically, Marty was channeling his inner Dominic Hashak when he uh, made that scorpion-like save. <laughs> well, Marty did those kinds of things as well. He makes some unorthodox saves as well because of the fact that probably wasn't your typical today's NHL-style goaltender. And uh, he was one of those guys that was, was very instinctive, too. And Yeah, that was uh, a special save. He made a few special saves throughout his career. All the great ones do, certainly. But a lot of times it's just that that instinct. And then they'll tell you they got to get lucky, but they, uh, the great ones seem to have more luck than, than most as far as, uh, you know, kicking out a leg or, or – a goal, a shot that you think definitely in because you got the open net and they're able to somehow get a piece of it yeah, or get yeah. across the arm or leg. So, <laughs> but he's made some spectacular ones as well along the way. Certainly, Dominic Hasek you, type style for sure. Without a question, without a question, he just always seemed to be at the right place at the right time, and, and even more so in the key games. I think, I think what you touched on right at the beginning of the commentary, it, it was the best. It, when the lights were the brightest, these it's somebody like Martin Brodeur just played at another level, and, and I think that's the best way to sum up well, the with Marty. The goaltending positions, obviously, we know scrutinize the most because you can't win. I don't care how good you are, including the Lightning, who for me are the deepest team in the league right now. You don't get great goaltending. Uh, you can't you can't win a Stanley Cup and. Uh, Certainly, he's a guy. Marty was the guy, a guy for me. I mean, he just didn't feel the pressure. He was always one of those guys that somehow, some way, was always calm, relaxed. He was smiling during big playoff games and tight two-two games. And anytime your goaltender has that kind of confidence and calmness about his game, it, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of uh, dominoes throughout your lineup. That uh, you know, if you make a mistake, they can come up with a big save and it it uh, kind of bails you out every once in a while, and you have to have that, and certainly all the great ones did. Last uh, last note on Marty. Uh, I've been hearing rumors, and you may or may not uh, be able to comment on this. Is Do you see a chance where sometime in the t- near future where Marty becomes the GM, that uh, Shiro just stays uh, upper management? Oh, who knows? That's too premature. Larry's uh, – a great general manager, a guy that has some patience despite the tough year this year, mm-hmm. uh, a great year last year where they fast-tracked it. So uh, I, I know Ray's uh, certainly has a vision, a plan for, for the future, and uh, I would expect Ray to be there quite some time. I mean, and Marty one day, who knows, uh, whether it's the Devils or somewhere else, whether that's his goal, but he's pretty con- to be a general manager, but he's pretty content right now, I know, from – uh, the business side and learning some of the aspects uh, throughout the organization. And it's great to have him back, uh, certainly back in New Jersey and back, back in the organization. But uh, I'm a big believer in what Ray's doing, despite, like I said, it's, uh, you know, no, no hiding the fact that it's been a disappointing season this year, but it yeah. happens and uh, players have to take responsibility as well. Certainly missing Taylor Hall, a large chunk here right now and still out. Uh, hurts them, but uh, last year was a perfect storm, and things went the way they uh, they needed it to go uh, to make the playoffs just by one point. Goaltending was terrific, and 
timely goals were there. Defensive structure was a little bit better. The defense as a whole did a better job, and I'm sure Ray will add pieces after this season. Uh, they were last year, and hopefully they continue to make strides. But uh, I certainly have a lot of confidence in Ray and Coach John Hines. I think they're they're excellent. It's just just been a tough year, certainly, and it happens. Great stuff, Kenny. And while we are here, give me your Super Bowl prediction, my man. Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm like a lot of fans. I don't have a rooting interest, or, or one of my teams certainly are not in the in the Super Bowl. And uh, I have the utmost respect for Brady and Belichick, probably the best combo of a player coach I've ever seen and you have to give them mad respect having said that I'm typical I'm so tired of New England winning (laughs) if you're not a New England fan so I'm probably going with my heart more than my head I'm going to say the St. Louis uh, St. Louis the LA Rams the LA Rams 27 and that's probably just with my heart because I want to see a different team win it'd be nice to see somebody else, but uh, how can you not respect the New England Patriots and what Belichick and Brady have been able to do? It's just remarkable and probably uh, the best duo combo you've ever seen in sports. (laughs) If I remember correctly, then you are 100%. It's probably the best duo I've seen in in a long time. Uh, You're spot on with that. Let me ask you, if I remember correctly, your team is the Jets. When do we see the Jets? when it is, yeah, and I, you I'm, know, I'm one more, of those weird – year or two? Well, I hope so. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm one of those weird guys. I root for all my local teams. I'm also like the Giants. I know people say, well, you can't like both of them. I'm sure you can. It's a little different in football. It's not like the Rangers and Islanders or Devils and Islanders and Rangers where it's a rivalry. I, I just, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if they met each other, I'd root for the Jets. But I root for both of them. But certainly I want to see the Jets – uh, become a better team, and hopefully, hopefully, Darnell Darnell works out one day and becomes a great quarterback. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, Kenny. Did I'm I gonna say that right? I'm name right? I, 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 I'm confused. Darnold. <laughs> it's Darnold. Darnold no, yeah. you... <laughs> I, 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 I even butcher names in hockey sometimes. So what the heck? I, I, I keep up with it, but I hope he becomes a good one. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm with you, Kenny. I, I listen. You, you do phenomenal. You, you, I love listening to you talk about the games. I love talk, listening to you talk about hockey because it's not just your knowledge. Um, all you have to do is really sit and talk with you for a couple of minutes, and you feel the passion that you have for hockey in general. Uh, and, and that's it's always a great fun. Game and- a great game, certainly. I've been very blessed and fortunate to be in one organization. Gosh, it's 35 years now, I think. And so I'm a little emotionally invested with the Devils. And along the way, it's harder even being a – I'm like a fan being in the background because you can't do anything about it. And so I get frustrated just like fans at times. Having said that, we have a game to call, and it's tough at times. I you don't want to rip players, but I'm realistic. I know, and I've got a job to do that, you know, it hasn't been a good year, and they have to be better. There's no doubt about that along the way, but but I'll always be there uh, like like other That's fans fantastic. of their teams and, and hoping they get better, and I believe they can in the future. It just hasn't uh, transpired this year, but we got some hockey left, and I hope there's some improvement along the way for sure. 
Fantastic stuff. Kenny, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining me this morning. It has been a pleasure and an honor, as always. Great talking with you. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Have a great one. One of the parts that weren't included in that page is the uh, we played a name game. We had a couple of funny parts in, in there that we talked about other sports, and it's going to be the rest of it. We'll play more of it next week, more than likely, if not in two weeks. I want to see what kind of lineup we bring next week. But I had to bring some of the NHL and Kenny to the show because he's just a special guy. Well, I think that's a given. I mean, for what he brings to your show and who he is. And listen, it is just fun and hysterical to hear what he has to bring within his commentary because he brings so much honesty. It just comes from the heart and it flows right out of him. And as you and I both know, Jester, once this guy gets going, you want to hear it so you can't bottle it up. Uh, you know, once upon a time, I'd call him a friend of the show back when he did this for us. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard-hitting Fantasy Jester Show. And like I said, had you missed the beginning of the show, the reason why I say he used to be friend of the show is because he gave us this. Hi, this is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. It used to be hard-hitting, but now it's as soft as cotton. <laughs> soft as Cotton. I'm glad you get a good chuckle out of that. I'm glad that amuses well, you. Know, you. You know, sponsored by Charmin. Uh, hey, can I get some soft serve ice cream to go along with it? That's what I want to know. We could go through another system check, sir. You watch yourself. <laughs> You're very funny. Very funny. Very, very funny. And uh, speaking of very funny, you know, one of the great things about being back on Blog Talk Radio is my outro. Uh, I'm glad, folks, stay tuned. Stay right to the very end because the outro is uh, given by former MLB pitcher Bob Tewksbury, and it is very funny itself. Stay tuned for that. We've got Goose coming up. We've got our predictions. We've got LCCW talk, and we only have 22 minutes. Let's get this banged out. Let's get through Goose, and then we'll have whatever time is left to go ahead and talk. So for those of you who don't know who Goose is, he's our resident analyst for fantasy sports. He brings it for baseball. He brings it for football. And uh, look towards him as one of the key guys this year I'm going to have regarding fantasy baseball. While he covers the two sports, it's in my professional opinion of the two, it's his fantasy baseball knowledge that it far surpasses many people out there. You're going to want to listen to him on that. But right now, let's bring in Nick Katowski, better known as Goose. We're continuing the Super Bowl special. It has been quite the show. Now we're getting to the meat and the potatoes of it as we get in our analysts and talking about this game, what they see and their predictions. And there's probably, you know, one of the guys that are on the staff here, probably one of the most underrated guys. And I think uh, 
he made himself really uh, known uh, on a baseball group the other day when he gave a fantastic breakdown. And uh, while he talks about all the other sports with us, tonight it's just about football, whether it's baseball or football. He knows his sports. That's why he's here. Let's get him in here. Let's give him a big round of applause and a welcome. Nick Katowski, better known as Goose. Goose, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great, sir. How's it going? Hey, you know, hey, listen, it is uh, it is the Jester's birthday. It is the day before the Super Bowl. Could life really get any better if you're the Jester? No. I don't think so. I, 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 your, your life is like a party, man, every day. <laughs> it, it really – some people really uh, see it as that. And so, you know, I, I guess maybe you're right. It is. <laughs> uh, let's get right to this. People didn't want to hear about my life and this, that. They want to hear Super Bowl predictions and why, and this is your time. Hit it. What do we see both sides of the ball? Tell me, what are we going to see this game? So I was actually thinking and talking, talking out to every single fan that's watching the Super Bowl, right? It is time that everybody bands together and roots for the underdog in this game. I mean, usually you want to see a game where you got like this high caliber team that's that's just touted to say they're going to win, they're going to win, they're going to win, and you want to root for the underdog. So I'm telling everybody to get on board with the New England Patriots because I'm seeing the New England Patriots as the underdog in this game, which usually you don't see that. You don't see that, but – all year long, it's their age, their age, their age. But look at what they're proving game in and game out. They're still the underdog going into this game. The Rams' defense is touted to be higher. The offense has an unlimited number of weapons, and they come up with – and they have a, a, an amazing coach that it just brings out the best in their players. And then on the other side, we kind of go back to what you said with it's like the evil empire. It is the heels versus the face of the NFL. And you've got Belichick on the other side. And he's working with a whole bunch of guys who have been there, done it time and time again. But this year, they're the underdog. So I'm actually picking the Patriots to win this one. Okay. I, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I don't root for the Patriots. But I would love. I would love to see them get number six. I, I just would. I, I, I don't know why. Just something in me says, hey, this is a team that's put together. They actually have more up against them in this Super Bowl. They have more to lose in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they've been there a whole, whole bunch of times. But if the Rams go in and they lose, you go, oh, okay, well, they're a younger team. They're going to have more opportunities. Belichick right. and Brady aren't they're not going to be around. They're not going to be around a lot longer. You're going to see these guys for maybe one, two, three, four years tops maybe. That's it. Then it's over. The generation that you watched with with the double B connection right there, it it ends. It ends. That dynasty ends. It might continue on with a new coach. It might continue on with some new players. It will never be the same if Belichick leaves. It will never be the same if Brady leaves. This could be the very last Super Bowl ever see Tom Brady play. Let me ask you something. Uh, First, let's get to a score. What do you have for a score? 
I am actually going to go with a high score in this defense, in this game. So I am going to put it down at 35 points for the Patriots to 31 points for the Rams. Okay. Very good. Interesting pick. Now, let me ask you, uh, in your scenario, New England wins. Is Belichick back next year? It's a tough question. You kind of listen to what he says, that he would return. I think he does not return. I think at six, he says, that's it. But I also think it's tied to Tom Brady, if Tom Brady is going to return. And if you look at – Tom Brady will will probably be a Patriot for life. But Kraft, as an owner, would be completely remiss if he didn't see what the value of Brady for for a one-year rental to throw him out there at the end of his contract to see what he could get for Tom Brady. And then that says, nope, I'm just going to retire. And they move in a different direction. He's got, what, a year left on his contract? Two years left on his mm-hmm. contract? So yes. you go – will Tom Brady continue to play or is he going to call quits? And if Tom Brady calls it quits, you already heard Gronk's comment. I'm not playing unless Brady's throwing me the ball. Gronk leaves, Brady leaves, Belichick leaves all at the same time. It might not, it might be this year, might be at the end of the Super Bowl. It might be next year, but it ends within one year of tomorrow. Somehow it ends one year from tomorrow. It's uh, interesting. It's going to be an interesting development. I've said that the New England team next year will will be without Belichick. It will be without Gronk. Uh, Brady will stay because he still likes to play. He's still playing at a high level. And he'll want to go ahead and answer the question, can he win it without Belichick? That's that's my way of seeing it. Yeah, exactly. He needs he need to answer that question because it is – is Belichick the absolute mastermind and better than what Tom Brady actually is? Or is Tom Brady really that great? Because I, you look at what Tom Brady demands. Tom Brady demands excellence. There's no question about it. If you are not performing, you will not take the field, period. If you don't perform in practice, you don't take the field. If you don't perform in the game, you don't get the ball thrown to you. Tom Brady right. controls everything out there. But that, But again... It goes to, can he win it without Belichick? Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see, and I think he'll stick around for that. Uh, You had alluded to earlier his contract, and for everybody out there, Brady is signed for one more year. He's signed for next year, so who knows? Maybe next year is his last year. Maybe he wants to try one year without him and be able to be there to groom the next quarterback. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be an even more interesting game tomorrow there's so many fans wanting to see the Patriots lose but then they they have the fans out there that are fans of the game and would like to see a sixth ring on Tom Brady too so uh, great breakdown let me ask you something Uh, who do you have as your performer of the game that maybe somebody you know people aren't looking at you know who's going to be that go-to guy for New England, who do you think ends up being their star? Uh, is it a running back? Is it is it Gronk? Is it a wide receiver uh, like Edelman or something? Who are you looking at to lead the way? Edelman's going to be great. 
But I think, uh, and, and I'm not quite sure how well the Rams can actually cover Edelman. So I think Edelman will have another absolutely phenomenal game. I think Gronk's going to end up getting used in the blocking situation. Um, so I think he'll still get a, a whole bunch of catches. I'll put Gronk at four catches for 60 yards. I'll put Edelman at seven catches for over 100 yards. Great, great stuff. Goose, as always, thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you next week as we start kicking off our baseball coverage and getting back to talking about hockey and also the NBA. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game, brother. All right, will do. Take care. Another great breakdown by the Goose. And if you liked his breakdown there, you really need to hear his baseball breakdown. And uh, let's go ahead. Before we get to the moment we've all been waiting for, for Paige and for my prediction on this, got to ask yourself to Paige, LCCW, you were there. What was your impression? You finally made it to a show. What's your impression? How did, did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you see something that you didn't like? Or, you know, just give us your impression on it, please. Oh, impression honest opinion every mm-hmm. single time it is entertaining it's high flying it is energy to the most exponentially compounded that you could find within the area it is awesome and if if there's anyone honestly that hasn't really experienced it you are missing out on something that is right here in your local area that will completely entertain you beyond what you thought. I promise right. you that. It's, I appreciate it is, that. It, Thanks. It is, it is beyond what you thought it, that you could potentially think it could be. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. And it is, it is becoming one of the uh, fastest growing places for family entertainment. And it is family entertainment. It is $10 for the show. Uh, $5 for 17 and under. Kids under five get in free with an adult. And February 16th, we have Battlefield coming up. It is a phenomenal show. Every time we sit down and create it, remember, we're tasked with creating a show better than the last. So we've we've got Battlefield this uh, show. It is Team LCCW defending Lake County. Yes, we're here in Florida, and Jesterville is firmly placed in Lake County, Florida. And they are defending the 3-5-2 versus Shadow War. And Shadow War is bringing, I mean, this is a card that's stacked. It's a five-on-five. You got JKO from WWE earlier in the show. You heard us mention Venom, the hardcore guy. I mean, he is just ridiculous mst you got joseph matthews you've got alex destroyers in this john strange and yes strange is strange and reggie brown and that's just the one matchup the night owl belt's going to be on the line the social media belts on the line the lake county championship tag team belt is on the line action-packed show don't miss it learning curve academy 480 Highway 44, Eustis, Florida. Be there. Paige, hit it. It is your time. It's what everybody's been waiting for. Yours and my prediction. Hit it. What do you have for the big game? I love it. You know, 
it, it sometimes it's reminiscent. You and I have gone through this so many times, Jester, with literally within Tom Brady's reign. We kind of know. We've seen this movie before. We've seen it. We know how it ends. And it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's sad because we know the ending, but it's great because we're watching someone do something that really, in front of our eyes, we say, and you hear it, you heard it within every single guest that you, that you had on, just about. Mm-hmm. It's rough to watch because we watch it and it hurts. But we know we're not yes. going to watch something like this again. You know what I mean? You know exactly, exactly what I'm saying. We all History. know exactly. We know it. We know it. We're watching it. We're going to feel it. Okay. The greatest thing that I know that I can say about this Patriots team, and they've said it all along about themselves throughout the dynasty of what they are, you are mm-hmm. only as good as the last game that you have played. That is Bill Belichick. You are only good, or only as good as the last game you played. Well, the last game that they played, they went 13 for 19 on third downs alone. Do you really think you're going to stop that? And that's the tough thing about it. To beat the Patriots, you have to beat the Patriots at their own game, and you have to be better. That's the reason why they stopped Peyton Manning and those Indianapolis Colts for as many years as they did. You keep the other guy off of the field. You convert on third downs. You keep pushing. You find a way. You pick up the tough yards when it is, and they do it. They do it very well. And now it's up to Sean McVay, and that really, really good, let's be honest, that that defensive front for that Rams team is exceptional. It's not great. It's exceptional. Michael Brockers and Dominican Sue, Donald, we know what they are. We know what they bring. You've you got to double down on somebody, and someone's going to break through. But what will happen? And the greatest scene that I heard, and even when you're talking with Goose, who's going to be the player that steps up? And it's scary because you've got three backs in, in that backfield for the <laughs> Patriots. you got Burkhead, you got White, and you got Michelle. And so one of those guys more than likely will be the guy. We know what happens when you target Edelman. Here's mm-hmm. Jester. Let me let me let me yeah. let me ask you this: If yeah. Josh Gordon were on this team, on that Patriots team, who would you pick right now? If Josh Gordon were on that team and healthy and ready to go, it would. Uh, it's um, almost unanimous, right? You're not getting anything out of me right now. Nice yeah, try. I get it. I right. get it. And that's what give I'm saying. Give me your team. You give, give me your team. You give, give me a score. Brady's at deep threat. There is no deep threat, but that, that, that's that's the thing about it. He's still going to pick you apart. They will – that Patriots team will keep that offense of the Rams off the field. It is bad. Unless Todd Gurley's got to show up. He can't cannot just have five touches in 13 yards. They've got to go. That that uh, that Rams team has to go and go point for point, unless they get Final big score? stops. Final score. You ready for this? Yep. It's gonna be a little. It's gonna be a little closer than what, and it's gonna be a little low scoring. I'm thinking 27-23. 27 Patriots, 23 Rams. They came up just shy. I think. I think Patriots just get it done, and. 
the Rams defense is, is good enough to keep them under 30 points. That's what I think. Would you like to know my prediction? Yes, let me hear it, man. I'm dying. Would you like to know my prediction? Yes, come on. And I Get want to it. run down a beach into my own arms. But that's <laughs> impossible. I first, before I give my prediction, everybody, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week to the Fantasy Justice Show Super Bowl special, brought to you by 84 Lumber, brought to you by the good people at Dave Smoking Gun, brought to you by Advanced Wellness Center here in Leesburg, Florida, and then, obviously, 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 Miami Sunglasses. My prediction for this game, everyone, we've been waiting. And uh, you're still going to wait because I want to go ahead and thank my guests. <laughs> I'm going to keep this going right to the last second. I want to go ahead, first of all, and thank Greg Alman covering the Tampa Bay Bucks 19 years. I want to thank Kirsty Merrill for coming on. I want to thank GKO, Johnny Knockout from the WWE. I want to thank Sarah Kelly for coming on. And three-time Stanley Cup. A young of the Devils. As I take a look at this game, you know, I want to go ahead and get a couple things out of the way before I give my score and my prediction. Understand that while I'm not a fan of the Patriots, like a lot of people, I am a a football historian and love what's going on for this team. It's been incredible to watch. I know that there's people that hate them. There's people that feel like they cheat. All this stuff, okay. But in the end, okay, they've been successful for a lot of years. You have to appreciate that. I understand that there's a lot of people picking the Rams just simply because of their hatred for the Patriots. Now, when I go ahead and give my prediction, it's based on uh, my love for being right, my love for being correct. I'm going to take a look at a game where, yes, you have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and Tom Brady, like it or not. You have one of the better coaches. You have a team that is coming up on the rise in the Rams. I've talked about the heel and the face and the face and the heel of this. I take a look at this game. I see New England having the better quarterback. I see the Rams having the better running back because I believe Gurley is going to play all game. They've been saving him for this. I believe the Rams have the better defense. And in my most controversial pick, I believe that the coaching staff, not just head coach, all the way around, the coaching staff breaks down as equal. Because of that, I take a look at what's going to go on during the game. I expect a short passing game out of Brady because he's not going to have a lot of time. I see a lot of James White in our future. I see a lot of, if they trust, the rookie and Sony Michelle. I see a lot of element. Okay, they're not inclined to go deep, and not just because Josh Gordon isn't there. In that, and then when I'm looking on the other side of the ball, I see a very, very versatile offense that's going to be able to adapt and adjust as the game goes on. I see a New England defense that has had trouble covering, covering running backs out of the flat, out in the flat there. They are not speedy sideline to sideline, the New England linebackers. I can see Gurley having a decent, if he's healthy, I see Gurley having a big dose during this game and running his wheels off. I see a team that in New England 
that has lost to a team like the Giants because they were able to do the one thing you need to do to beat the Patriots, move Tom Brady from his spot. With that said, the defensive player of the year plays on the other line right next to Mr. Indomit and Sue. They will be able to move Brady off the spot, and the jester is calling it now. Patriots will go down 27-24. I am the jester. This has been the Super Bowl special, and I'm out. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy. Or Fantasy Jester. Shit. <laughs> uh, yes. You could, you, could, you could use that. You could. Can I? I might. Yeah. It's all right with you. No, I think it'd be funny. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.